Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer will make you forget your weans. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Shuggy Bane by Douglas Stewart, the winner of this year's Booker Award. And we're all starting with a beer to get in the spirit of this. I got mine open first. So one of the themes, and really the entire plot of the book, is the horrific alcoholism of the main character's mother. And alcoholism fucks up your life. So this is a beer called Molotov Cocktail, because that fucks shit up. And this is alcohol. So I feel like that kind of captured both elements of the of the book. Yeah. It's by Evil Twin NYC. It's the Molotov Cocktail NYC version, which is a 12% alcohol, double dry hop, triple IPA. Good Lord. 12%? Oh, and it good. tastes not a bit above 9 Good Ooh, luck. It's good. We've had this before. We had the like, the, the regular version. This is the one made in Queens. Mm. And it's, I, I could say just as good as I remember, but I don't remember it because I was so fucking drunk last time. But it's great. It's we had really Molotov light and heavy. This one is just Molotov. I think it would be the same thing as Molotov heavy, but I could, maybe that was, well, not like a 17% alcohol IPA. Who the fuck knows? Well, it's it's in the Molotov family, and it's a really good IPA. It doesn't say it's added anything to it, but I do get a lot of like fruity flavors like mango, and it's lovely. It'll make you forget your weans, all right. Well, I'm jealous. This beer is called by KCBC, and it's called This Is Your Brain on Hops. <laughs> <laughs> and it is a double IPA, double dry hop, double IPA with citra and strata, but it is the very bitter kind. This is like the super bitter type of ipa and i'm literally sitting here and sipping it going <laughs> we're all ipas like this did I, did I like this at some point because this it's almost tastes sour it's so it's not actually that old it's only like got it only about like four or five weeks ago so it's not that old it's but it's like almost sour it's so bitter sort of like a childhood in scotland <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah especially glasgow in the 80s and Ooh. now oh god it's like so bitter. It's just a lot of hops based on, yeah, canned in September. So it's really not that old. What is the percentage? Eight and a half. Oh, it's not terrible. But yeah, it was one of those just how bitter can we make it kind of things. Like yes. challenge. And they succeeded. It's OG <laughs> they uh, double IPAs. Well, I'm going to mix Indeed. it up a little bit because I'm having a milk stout, which is Big Alice Brewing's Bodega Breakfast Stout. <laughs> because sometimes you just got to have beer for breakfast, including almost every day in this book. Oh, yeah. I should open my other beer right now instead. Just do it. Whatever. Binge. Because it's called Beer for Brunch. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, do, just do it. We sure. All right. I'm just going to open my other beer. all the whole time. As he opens that, because it looks like he's struggling, Shuggy Bane is a the debut novel of Douglas Stewart, who won the booker. So for a, you know... Those, I think we've talked about the Booker before on the podcast, but it it's one of the biggest literary awards you could win for a single work. And the rules are now that basically it's any book published in English is eligible for up and from its founding in 1969, I believe. Nice until <laughs> like 2015 or something like that. It was limited to only writers from the British Commonwealth. Or a former British Commonwealth in the case of like, I don't know, Zimbabwe still? I don't know. One of, there's like one or two countries that are like, we're like not in your Rhodesia. Commonwealth. <laughs> so it used to be just Commonwealth authors. So people from England, of course, won like the majority of them. A lot of writers from India, 
and writers from Canada and the Caribbean parts of it at least but now it's open to american writers as well and they've just been like dominating it this author is scottish though he lives in new york city now so he's a a, you know he's a transplant and uh this is his first book so that's pretty impressive for your i don't know how many other people their first novel won the booker i don't think too many if any at all well there were several debut novels on the short list this in this one and there were nine american authors on the long list this year of 13 so, well, there you go. We're number one. Yeah. We do your language better than you. Anyway, the second beer I opened is called Beer for Brunch because it goes with the uh, first we can have Jimmy's beer for breakfast and then we can have this beer for brunch. Yeah. Then when lunch comes around, it's time to actually start drinking for real and then we can have all the rest of the beers. <laughs> this is a Berliner Weiss. Uh, this is from Off Color, actually. A Berliner Weiss style uh, brewed with orange and Chardonnay grape juice. And it's uh, definitely kind of sour. Grape juice. That's like a like a child's version of wine, except they made it into a beer. Anyway, it is definitely kind of sour. Oh yeah, lactobacillus. There you go. So they actually made it into a uh, Berliner Weiss. Berliner Weiss doesn't have to have a funky yeast. Like it doesn't necessarily have to lack lacto to it. I mean, there's something because it is tart. But lacto is going to give it mm-hmm. that old gym sock flavor. It's definitely tart and sour, but it's nice. Mine tastes. Mine. Mine. It's just kind of like a, it's it's kind of like like you had that old IPA. This is kind of like an old timey stout that they don't. It's not a pastry stout, even though it says it's brewed with Comfortland donuts and native coffee roasters coffee. Comfortland is actually like, it's like ten blocks from where I live. But this just tastes like kind of like an old coffee flavored stout esque kind of thing. It's fine. It's only six percent though. So this is like the opposite of every stout I've had for the last eight months. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just it's a breakfast stout, you know. Oh, that's fair. You can't okay. you can't have a forty seven percent alcohol cake drink right away. You got to work your way up, or you'll never make it to lunch or even uh, brunch. I, I think um, uh, Agnes might actually yeah. disagree with that. If 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 you've been doing it long enough, then you could. You got to put some time in. You can't run a marathon right away. You got to walk before you can run. Yeah, and you have to sip before you could binge. So let's uh all t- over your own feet before there you is, can poop on them too. <laughs> That's that is that is what contortionists tell themselves. Uh we need to get started because there's a ton of plot in this book. It is a it is a, yeah, a dense a lot book. Happens. So this book was actually I was kind of deceived by the description. Or at least the description, which was just like a Glasgow, Scotland in the nineteen eighties in the story of a boy who's gay. And his mother, who's a severe alcoholic. That's just kind of like me paraphrasing what the paraphrase said. But I thought it was kind of different because it actually, there had there were point of view chapters from basically everyone in the family. Or nearly, yeah, yeah, from basically everyone in the family. And so it turned out to be about a lot of other things besides just that. So, okay, it starts out with the main character, like, like many books now, the last chapter, the first chapter is also actually the last chapter in terms of time. In terms of like timeline. Like a bookends thing. And then it goes all the way back to the very beginning. So the first chapter is just, before you know anything about it, it's it's this 15-year-old Shuggy Bane who's in Scotland. He's got a shit job at a grocery store and he goes to school sometimes and he's sort of supporting himself, entirely supporting himself, living in a... Tenement room. Tenement room, hostel, bed and breakfast type thing, except not the fun kind. 
uh, <laughs> with a lot of creepy men on his floor, mm-hmm. and he uh, just kind of really hates it. Except I had to be better than before, but yeah, he's still kind of sad about it. Anyway, that's that's for the end of the book. And then he goes goes back to the sort of way beginning of time when you learn about his mother and his father. The next scene is just Agnes, his mother, Agnes. This is, she's only 38 and has five kids. Um, Notice Nate says only 38. I think she's, she's like 32 (laughs) at the start of the book. She's like 30. She actually jumps backwards a little bit before that. Yeah, but she's got kids that are like, She's in her mid thirties at the earliest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. She's got three kids. So anyway, she's got three kids, and Shuggy is very young. He's like five years old, and the mother is uh, perfectly functional, but she's definitely you know still drinks, you know, but it's not you know totally crazy. Uh, she is really hot. Like everyone, all the men think she's just so hot, and you eventually you learn throughout the first couple of chapters that she this is actually. Her marriage to the current, the father of her third child is actually her second marriage because he was popular, I guess. And she wanted to be, she always wanted to be the popular pretty girl. She like, and is still holding on to that. Yeah, that's one of the issues. She sees like she was like destined to be like great and in high society, but she did absolutely nothing to get there. Except was good looking naturally and kept herself like really clean and kept herself really dressed well, you know, and always was primped. So she kind of like acted the part of like a high society lady. But, you know, somehow high society didn't come knocking and she's depressed. She's like despondent over this loss of a thing she thought she was owed. So she marries Suge, not Suge Knight. I was going to make a Suge Knight <laughs> joke. God damn it. <laughs> the I was whole like, time not yet. Have to Hold it. Not yet. <laughs> Because Shug is somehow, because the, the, there is a good amount of Scottish, or I guess Glaswegian, sort of dialect. And uh, you have to wonder if it even still counts as English at points, because somehow Shug is short for Hugh. And they're like, ah, it's close enough. It's a wee bit different. And uh, there's plenty of other words that you have to learn throughout the book. And some of them you ne- I never figured out what the fuck that word was. was. But uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, sure. I guess... Uh, Greet, greeting is somehow like crying at some points. They're like, gurning is smiling. Like, there's just a lot of, you're like, sure. You, you keep telling yourself that, Ian, or whatever your Scottish name is. So, Shug, Shug Bain is, uh, the elder. Yeah, Shug the elder <laughs> is, uh, <laughs> he is a taxi cab driver. So, part of the thing, like, that I, when I, I didn't know shit about this book. We actually owned this, the book won the Booker like a week ago. So we really, we really churned this out fast. Actually, technically, it came out on Thursday. So we, it actually only won the Booker five days ago. By the time you're hearing this, it's been like 12 days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, but so. we found out it won the Booker and then said, oh, shit, we should do that. And then read the whole thing in about four days. Yeah, and it was, it was a, it's like 450 pages or so, which is not horrifically long to read in a few days. But we don't need to brag. Uh, <laughs> at least two of us read it. Oh, oh, oh. Anyway. Did you listen to it? I read the beginning, and then I was like, holy shit, there's no way I'm going to finish this in four days. So then I found the audiobook. And then I, I heard the audiobook was interesting it. because he does like the different accents for the... Because he talks about different accents in the book, and you're like, this means nothing to me. But in yeah, the book, he does it's the like... Accent. In the, okay, so did it, make, did it make a difference? 
I felt like I could understand the whole time what they were trying to say. So. I mean, just in terms of, like, they talk like, oh, this person talks like a preppy douchebag. Like, well, I don't know what that fucking sounds like. Yeah, he has a Malgivney accent or whatever the fuck. You know, <laughs> they have a South Glasgow accent. You're like, oh, sure, of course, one of those. <laughs> I think I think that's a big thing in, in just British culture in general. They're like hypersensitive people to accents. Hmm. You know, maybe it just it makes me think of uh, the opening scene of Pygmalion. When the guy's like, I could tell you what block you live on from your accent. Remember that? And the start of the... Yeah. The you mean, it's a thing. Like, My Fair Lady. My Fair Lady is, is based on Pygmalion. Indeed. But My Fair Lady is way more fun. Yes, this is more like My Eh Lady. But <laughs> <laughs> British British people in general, just like especially in the 80s, uh, were like, like, you only heard certain types of accents on TV. Or you only heard certain types of accents on the BBC. So Because those were, you know... Not necessarily posh, but like educated or cultured accents. So I guess that's what they're trying to go. What, what he's describing, but without that, without any context to know, like the parts of Scotland, that shit's just totally lost on a on the rest of you know, most audiences. Yeah, but it must be nice to hear. It's a lot of fun to hear. Mm-hmm. It's a fun yeah. accent. Everything they say sounds like fun. Sometimes you're like, I don't know what you're saying, Except but I'm enjoying what they it. Talk about which <laughs> all sounds terribly depressing. Yes. I'm, I can't do any accents well, but like most people, I think I can. And I remember right, when I was yeah. in Scotland a few years ago, uh, our, our tour guide saying some shit. And I was just like, so, I was like, like borderline Rain Man repetitive, like trying to copy the sounds he was making. <laughs> like, like not to him, but just after the fact. Just quietly to yourself, like a weirdo. Just like, tr- just like tr- yeah, totally. Like the, like. Like Rain Man. Okay. World. Like the word world, as in, you know, the planet Earth. And he's like, the world. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? World. And I just mumbled that for like the rest of Scotland. <laughs> just world. And it was, it was like a half bird call, half human word. Yeah. No wonder these people have been subjugated. <laughs> so uh, speaking of subjugating, Sh- Sh- Shuggy, you know, Sh- Big Daddy Shug, is a cab driver. And the, the oh yeah, I don't know where I started with this. The one thing that I heard about this book is like, this is a commentary on Thatcher's Scotland. So I don't know fucking shit about Margaret Thatcher, except that she's like a British Ronald Reagan type figure. You know, like conservative she people. Closed, uh, she closed, she basically closed a lot of the coal mines and like a lot of the, a lot of those kinds of um, industry type jobs, which meant that these towns that depended on these industries had nothing. So both, both, especially coal mining, but in Glasgow, it was both coal mining and shipbuilding. And so it, it well, like what happened to, to Detroit when the car companies left, that had already, that was already happening all across Northern England and a lot of towns that were just where the main big employer was a coal mine and stuff like that. I understand that part of it from the, at least in the context of the book, but I don't understand like the cult, the economic history of like, why was that a decision? Like, why was that done in Scotland? Was it a union that part thing? Probably, if I had to guess, but I, I really don't know. I honestly don't know either. And even if you, like, I find whenever I try to learn anything about British history, I've run into so many words that they use a little differently than us that I'm like, I have to look that shit up now too. <laughs> like, what the fuck is a council house? Which, and we'll get to that later, I guess. <laughs> what the fuck is the garage? <laughs> well, I guess we'll never know. Why do they spell jail with like nine wrong letters? <laughs> they got, yeah, they got <laughs> half of it right. Put them in the gal. No, I'm not going to do that. I just met him. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so th- that was the thing. Like, um, they're they're you know economically fucked people, 
And the people who have money in the story, like the ones who are like, oh, they have the nice house, they have what most people would consider not high-earning jobs. You know, like, oh, he's a cab driver, and he's this fucking Scottish Mac Daddy, so, M-A-C to say Daddy, they had Mac the Daddy, nice house and wouldn't, isn't totally true, because, like, at first, <laughs> they, they were still living with her parents. Um, oh, but that's also that's, because he's, like, fucking around and has girlfriends all over town. But like, also true. Think about, like, I mean, you know I'm not, I don't know about, like, are, you know? Yeah, like, you know exactly. Like. Like, that's not the kind of person, like, that guy's just picking up gash. I mean, he might pick him up and give him a ride, but he's, like, banging him out all the time. He's like, dude, he's a cab driver. Like, no, nothing wrong with being a cab driver, but that's not, like, the pimp job, you know? It is when everyone is a destitute alcoholic. Well, I guess it's, like, right in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Yes. <laughs> like he's, he's, got, he's got three pounds. Holy shit. High roller coming through. A, a hackney cab, right? Yes. So, anyway, he's fucking around, and then... You know, you get the impression immediately, like, man, this guy is a fucking nightmare. And Agnes... And, and begin- he's not the raging alcoholic. Well, yeah, it kind of like... Maybe I missed it, but it kind of, I kind of get the impression, like, he was, at the start, like, he's the devil. And then I kind of like, oh, he sucks a lot. But he, but he wasn't quite as bad later on in the book. And Agnes, like, she's just some, like, cheated on wife. And then I was like, oh, no, she's terrible, too. She's worse. You know, like, I, I yeah. maybe I misestimated, uh, you know, how... How shitty both of them were. They're shitty in their own unique potpourri of shit flavors way. Like a, a terrible, like a brown snowflake. <laughs> so you get the story about how first Shug was cheating on his then wife with Agnes while she was married to her first husband, and they decide to basically run away or run away together. That is, move into her parents' house, but they're each leaving their respective husbands slash wives. And that was like, and, and they decided to do it. But she takes her two kids and he leaves his four. Yeah. And he's like, and that, oh, you fucking brought them? Like, yeah. And he, and he describes like, cause he was late picking them up in the cab. And he describes like, do you know how hard it is to get four crying children off of you? Like, holy shit. Oh no, I'm not God. a priest. <laughs> Priests don't get the children off. They get themselves off. Yeah, it's just, and then, and like his, you know, you hear, you get, you get a little backstory about her husband that she left the Catholic, which I didn't realize that Catholic Protestant thing was a big deal in Scotland. Um, I didn't either. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. There wasn't any bombing, but you know, you'll find any reason bombed. to hate someone nearby. That's fair. And so Agnes is Catholic and Suge is a Protestant. And, but she always refers to her first husband as the Catholic. Hmm. His name is like something cartoonishly gingery Scottish, like Brendan McGowan or something ridiculous. It like fucking that. might be that. I think it was. <laughs> That's Brendan. actually the exact name I was thinking, but could be. I wrong. could it be. Might I not could be, be the right name. I could be correct. It's close enough. They only mention him like a few times in the beginning. He's not even in the book. It doesn't matter. He's just the boring one who is like a nice mm-hmm. guy who would do anything for her because that's what men did. And, you know, he would work and then he would bring home the money and he wouldn't drink and he was just boring. So yeah. she dipped. And so, yeah, he spoiled the shit out of her. And she just like, when she talked about when she left, how she tried to pry up the carpet to take with her because it was new. it was a new carpet, yeah. She's like, oh, I don't want other people to get to fucking use this. Like she was just 
Man, she's awful too. Which is some uh, foreshadowing, I guess, with what Suge does to her, I just realized. Hmm. He takes her carpet? <laughs> well, when they move out, they move out of the parents' place after he like smacks her around and hurts her after in front of her parents. After she tries to burn the house well, down. She, so she's already um, uh, becoming a severe alcoholic at the time. And this whole like couple of scenes, even though it's still very early in the book, was like really sad. So first, the father says like who's like a very like silent man and but he's like this is agnes's father agnes's father he says something like that you're like this because i spoiled you you know he says he he thinks he's a failure and that her alcoholism is his fault for not being harder on her not being stricter with her when she was a child and she says no but and he says like I need to spank you, <laughs> which wasn't... Uh, oh, daddy. He, he literally beats her. <laughs> the thing that happens that triggers yeah. us, though, is when she's just like sitting in her room drinking, and she drinks piss-warm beer, by the way. That's a level of alcoholism I'd never heard it of. It also like, just what? seems inefficient. Yeah, at least our beer it's, is cold. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like... We have standards. She's, she's drinking like 4% alcohol lagers. How is she not just like grossly fat? You know, like it's a lot of calories. Definitely one of my criticisms of the book. <laughs> right? Because like, most alcoholics, it's kind of like most drug addicts, kind of realize like what's the most bang for your buck? You know, like people start doing things like, oh, I'll, you know, oxycodone or whatever. And then they realize like, oh, it's a lot cheaper to just do heroin and get pretty much the same effect. Alcoholics are the same way. Like, oh, I really like, you know, beer. I really like fine scotch. Yeah, but I could also just drink fucking rot gut vodka and get shit faced almost instantly. But anyway, she's just sitting in her room, which and also then she just lights a, it on fire well, with her yeah. cigarette because she's like bored and unhappy with her life. Her and parents then, also sit in their rooms and drink in secret because they don't want anyone to know that they're drinking, but they do the same thing. Sure, because it's a vicious There's, cycle, I guess. And so Suge comes That's why I hide in. my drinking from my family. <laughs> I think the massive amount of beer you have stored in the basement is a little bit of a, a hint. Um, so Big Suge <laughs> comes in and he like, w- 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 as the curtains are burning and he like, oh, like, holy shit, grabs the curtains, throws them out the window and then takes her and like puts out all the fires and hits her. I think that happened. Well, probably. Can I like, anyway. Can I- He's like, your face is on fire. Let me put it out with my fist <laughs> yep. to help her. And then eventually she says, oh, that that place, that new, like, let's move out. That We just need a new start. That new place that you found out about that we can, that we can he, rent. They're, they're on like a listing. This is he, for... He's been cooking up this plan with some guy that like owns the chip shop. Not potato chips, by the way. The chippy. And the and the chippy guy is like, oh, I have some shack of a place that you could rent or you could take or I don't know how that worked. I don't know who was paying the bills on that. He was he was, think it was renting it out to other people for like ten pounds more than he had to pay for it as like council housing. So he which is like, basically like housing projects, projects, yeah, what we would call it today. Right. Also, we uh, they had the flashback of their trip to the thing where Suge rapes her. Just, oh, yeah, that's something that happens. This was the, like a flashback when they went to the, like, seaside for a day. Like the carnival thing. And, and he said, you know, and they were having a good time. And, and she was like, let's just go to a bar and have a drink. And he's, and he's like, go easy now. Let's just have one. And then she's immediately 
completely demolished. Then takes her back to their room and rapes her. He knocks her down and drags her up the stairs like by her hair or by her oh, I limbs. Do this. Yeah. And then yep. he does the raping. Yeah. And then they flash back to, let's move out. Have a good well, time. She, she just is like, she's clearly unhappy with her life. And as is every single person in this book. True. And, but she, <laughs> she's also very quick to blame like very simple things like, oh, if I just had the right tchotchkes or if I just had the right front lawn or if I just had the right mink coat, then I would be happy and life would be grand and I'd have an adventure and a dance all the time. Or if I just said something different, just as, as if it was different, that would be better, right? Right. And so they eventually, without sight unseen, without anyone actually seeing this other house, they're like, okay, pack everybody up and then we're going to go. And so they literally move out of the mom, mom's apartment, mom and dad's apartment, and then put all the kids in the car, pack up everything, except for Shug's two suitcases. Uh, yeah. Well, he brings them. They, they drive out to this other part of Glasgow, which neither of them have ever been to before. And they get to this really ugly house that is basically projects sad sad place yeah very very sad and it's not actually three bedrooms it's two bedrooms and then a sort of living room which was actually the thing listed as the third bedroom which they're really mad about and then they kind of all unpack and then shook says okay i'm off and she's like what do you mean when are you gonna be back he's like i'm not coming back or he's like i'm i'm leaving you or i'm leaving you here but i'm not staying here I'm not staying with you. I took you to a new spot because that's what you said you wanted to go, but I'm off. And so now she's stuck out there with like no one she knows. You know, the friends you met in the very first scene, you actually don't meet again for the rest of the book. Oh, yeah. We met those the bitches who they yeah. who were like playing cards and the woman's cheating. Or like cheating. The high school friends. Yeah. <laughs> those, um, those were his, uh, her mom's friends. No, I the, think those were her high school friends. All they were her friends because she, bu- she buys them all no, nah, she buys them all bras. I mean, old ladies need bras too. I guess that's not good evidence. But it doesn't matter at all because they never come back. It's Big Nan. Back, so she's Big there, Nan and her fat kind of alone <laughs> With the kids, occasionally, Joke will stop by for the night. But he doesn't really like stay there or live with them. But he, he says he and left her because she said, why did, why did you bring me here? Why did you come with us? And he says, I, I just wanted to see if you would. And he just says, like, the narrator, wanted to I see guess. if this was enough, something like that. He just like, wanted to see if, like, she would do it. And then he, the narrator, whoever whoever the narrator is, is just like, he just wanted to make sure that no one else could have her. He wanted to break her so badly that no one else would be able to put her shit back together again and she'd be a functional human being. Like the carpet. Mm. Hmm. Well, he, mission accomplished. He fucking destroys her mentally. I mean, she was pretty close before. Yeah, but but now she's just incapable of doing anything. And and in this new town, it was a former. You know, I'm picturing like Ernie Tennessee Ernie Ford, sixteen tons, like company store town. You know that <laughs> this is this like the the slag hills, which is appropriate because she becomes quite a slag if you know that British mm. slang. Uh, f- right around where coal mine was, but the coal mine has been shuttered, or the collier as they. Sorry, is that how you pronounce that word? I'm not going to say collier. It's not French. Um, but <laughs> it's probably coal because it's fucking British. But the former coal mining town where everyone just kind of is destitute and, dep- and awful and sad and broken families and alcoholics and, and um, 
there are these outsiders. And so she had like, the, like the, one of the first things like a woman says is like, oh, you'll be fine here. Just don't fuck our men. <laughs> is the, the neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they say hi there. It's kind of like uh, parts of Queens. Uh, so then uh, they stay there for a while. And immediately the older daughter, Catherine, is like trying to get the fuck out of there. We skipped over the entire harrowing scene where she went to find the brother in like the weird bum city that he was hiding in of like stacked pallets and containers. Yeah. And then the kids grabbed her and they like, like grab her. She's like, they grabbed me tits, you know, which sounds kind of cute when you say me tits, but it's a, the near murder rape that she endured every day by a gang of 15 year olds. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, it's that guy's sister. Fuck. never mind. (laughs) Next time. But she does because she's been like, Seeing this guy ends up convincing him to marry her, even though she's like 18, and, or maybe she's 16, 17. She's anyway, 18. She's, she, she's 18. She convinces them, convinces him to marry her. and then Donald they, Jenner, because it's just <laughs> Junior is never spelled yeah. out in the book. And then they move to South Africa. And she's pretty much not in the book except for one little scene. But can I just point out that Glasgow was so bad in the 80s that they wanted to move to South Africa in the 80s. Well, well, they didn't say white. what her thoughts were on black people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of them had at, some at this, thoughts. <laughs> this point in time, South Africa is bordering on like a multi-sided like civil war with like government hit squads like assassinating leaders, opposition <laughs> leaders. But they're going to get and a job. A, I... International sanctions on South Africa for apartheid and things like that. And they're like, let's get the fuck out of Glasgow and go there. Well, in her mind, in her defense, like she's like, I don't give a fuck if we compete in the Olympics. You know, I can just, <laughs> you know, like her <laughs> husband had a job with, there's like, he'll be in charge of like four dozen men. And in my head, I was like, those are not white men, are they? No. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like a palladium mine or some mine or something like that is where he got a, it's like, Oh God, he's also, he's bit. the guy was her step cousin. Was a show, which is nephew. about as far apart as you could be related in Scotland. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they move yeah, into the was. hood area, they're just like, "Oh, that person's kind of my cousin, or she's not my real cousin, but that person is my cousin." She, goes, that's my cousin, but not blood. That's <laughs> what they kept saying. Oh, that my co- that's my cousin, but is blood, and like that's my cousin. That's a crip, and they're like, "Oh shit!" I'm really confused. They're so close together. <laughs> so she flees and leaves the older brother Leek. And uh, did they ever say onion. his full name? Alexander, I believe. Okay. I think it gets said like once. And I was like, ah, oh, sure, why not? I spent that the whole well time sh- wondering, what is that short for? Leak E Fawcett. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a child's version of a prank name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my friend Bro Kintyre. <laughs> Broken tire? I don't know. It's children, it's they're not dumb. Even a thing. <laughs> Uh, this is my friend M. T. Nutsack. <laughs> so, uh, there was a, a so Leek's a brilliant. This is the older brother. He's a brilliant artist, and he like later he there's a little scene where he has an acceptance letter from art school that he clearly didn't go to because you know he doesn't have the money for stuff like that. He also feels like he has to stay behind and save the family. At the time so, when you see that letter, it's already two years old. Yeah. Like he's been holding on to this one thing. It's like, it's heartbreaking. <laughs> he's like, I yeah. can't leave. As I, is everything in this book. <laughs> yeah. And then a huge part of 
really most most this is we're now like maybe a third of the way into the book and then most of the rest of the book is really just Agnes's descent into alcoholism and just further debasing herself and getting along worse with her neighbors. So they're really making fun of the this little tiny boy Shug Shuggy for just like that small boy is just so gay. Because he just we he has sassy <laughs> hips or something when he Poofed walks. Us. I don't know, yeah. Like I mean, it must he must have done something to because everyone just looked at him and was like, Wow, that child is gay. And he was just like, I don't know what that is. But they would never say it directly, like, oh, he'll be wanting to nip that in the bud. And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess I got to ungay my son. You're right. One of them was like, like, my mom says not to go near you because she'll try to stick your finger up my butt. Well, and maybe he wants to be a proctologist. But, or he's different in italics. Yes, (laughs) very different. Now, I had a question about this. No, I looked it up. So the author... It's not. It's not a memoir. He, he said it's but it is, not. But but yeah. His mother died of alcoholism when he was sixteen years old, and he grew up in Scotland. And he's gay. So there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. Well, they say write what you know. But so, but here's here's like my thing. Like throughout the book, you're like, well, what what are they seeing? You know, because it's an omniscient narrator. What are they seeing that they're like? Oh, that kid's really gay. You know, and. And there's there are things that are really stereotypical. They're like, oh, you know, that the people say, but like when you see, it's like, oh, he liked to dance. Like when the mom was like, what he dance really should I do? He loved to dance. He like it, this so is it's basically like depression, like, Billy Elliot. I was gonna say that exact thing. It's <laughs> much bleaker, Billy Elliot, without the yeah, happy ending. <laughs> he teaches. He teaches her the dance sequence from a Janet Jackson music video, and you're like, oh, you're. I, like, that's the sort of thing, like, if I was a teenage boy in 1995, like, oh, that's gay, because that's not, like, super macho, but I don't know, maybe 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 in 1983 Scotland, like, that was, like, that was the gayest thing imaginable, because they didn't realize Freddie Mercury was gay yet, and then he's also really into his clothes and, like, being dressed neatly, and all the other kids are are, like, street urchins, so they look... Like they've just crawled out of a dumpster, and some of them actually have. <laughs> and so he's wearing like he's like ironed his shirts and shit like that. And they're like, "Oh, he's gay." I just feel like if a a straight guy wrote that as the character, like, oh, "Here's my here's my coming of age story about a gay boy who likes dance and dresses well," <laughs> he would be like, "Dude, that's not really that's a little shallow, you know." But I guess that's true because like. I don't know. I just I was kind of like struck by that the whole book. I mean, when they're that young, most kids. Oh, when he plays with a doll, he has a doll that the mom bought him to just like fuck the dad because the dad like wants him to be a man. He's like, no, he's getting a doll. Also, this kid gets routinely molested, which they allude to a lot. Oh yeah, it's like every adult in town is just fingering this kid. There's like one point at the very end when the cabbie doesn't molest him. And you're like, wow, missed opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> he's been, he's after being basically molested a bunch of times and he's in the cab trying to get to his mom, but he doesn't have any money. And the cabbie's like, well, we're going to, you know, he says, I'm sorry, we have to go in there. I don't have any money. My mom has the money or no, the brother has the money or whatever. And uh, the cabbie's like, I'm, I'm, I've got to take you to the police station because you just ripped me off. And, and then... Little Chuggy says, I'll let you, what, I'll let you touch my penis. I'll let you touch my willy. 
I'll let you touch my willy. And the guy was like, holy shit, how desperate is this kid? And then unlocks the door and lets him go. But we're skipping. But he had been molested by a previous taxi driver, so... And a child. One of the first things that happens in in the pit is where they spend most of the book. As he finds a kid playing like a broken industrial laundry machine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the kid's like puts him in there and like turns it around. So he's like fucking beaten up and like his leg splits open. He's like, all right, all right, stop crying. I'll help you out. And he like... Stupid, like it's like you know, Shuggy's like six, and this kid's like nine or something ridiculous like that. And he, he like rubs leaves all over it, so instead of being covered in blood, he's covered in just like chlorophyll. And then he's like, "All right, oh, I rubbed you. Now you rub me." And he just pulls down his pants, and you're like, end of scene. You're like, "Oh Jesus Christ!" And then later on, clearly that kid's been talking because kids are like, "Hey, is it true you touched what's his name's dick?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> like, oh really? Like, you definitely did, dude, didn't you? Also, everyone constantly says that the priest of the school they go to has been molesting him. I mean, that could just be playing the odds, though. You know, they're just... Yeah. Because <laughs> like, there's like nothing a, in like the... There's 80, no, 80-20 chance. Because the priest is actually... I mean, he was a real dick to the kid. Like, totally not giving a fuck about the bullying and the abuse that these children suffer. And the only thing the priest cared about was like, your child's truant. You know, like, he didn't care anything else other than that. So, you know, good days for education. <laughs> so, okay, we could, I mean, there's a lot that happens in this book, but we can just get, hit, the, hit the high notes. Yeah, which the high notes. So Agnes just keeps, <laughs> keeps getting worse and worse. She uh, does fuck the neighbor's husband, and that does not go well. Oh, she, that uh, was, well, so the guy was like, your son's a wee poofta, or whatever <laughs> the fuck they say. And she's like, could you help him? Could you, like, take him out with your boys and make him do a man thing, like fishing or beating up a different gay boy? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the guy's like, I don't know. And she's like, I'll pay you. And he's like, I don't want your money. And then, like, he, she fucks the guy, uh, literally. And then he figuratively fucks her by not going through with his end of the deal. <laughs> no. Like, the day they're supposed to, he just, just leaves. <laughs> And that wife that yeah, also finds out. And, and so and then she's like, that whore the, the, for the rest of the book, which is kind of a, kind of a fact. Later. Colleen McAvaney or McAvaney or something? How do you say that? I don't know. McAvaney. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, I'm, okay, I might get the order wrong. But she, she, after drinking heavily for years and years, she does actually uh, get, get sober. For a while, in fact, for basically a year. And she has this job, which is actually at a gas station. She's the night attendant at a gas station. And a different cabbie was interested in her. We skipped the other cabbie who flat out raped her at some point. There's a day she wakes up. She's like, I don't feel good. And she's like, what happened with that cabbie last night? And you're like, oh, yeah, right. Yes. They just mentioned it in passing. I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. But then she, she's there and she meets the ox. That's what he gets called in the book a lot. Eugene. And and he's a nice guy. And he likes her. And they have a thing for a while. And in fact, she even made, makes it an entire year as uh, sober. But then at one point, he's like, okay, I really like you. But it's weird that you don't drink. What? And then takes her out to a nice restaurant. And at the nice restaurant, he's like, well, let's just get a bottle of wine. And he's like, oh, 
you've you've beaten this thing. You can you can have a drink. You can control it." And she's like, "Uh, she does try and resist, but then she says no. Then she, she says yes. I mean, then has a drink, and then she's literally off on a bender, pretty much for the rest of her life." Which is typical of yeah. people who don't understand addiction, you know. And I know it's really tempting. And we're a podcast called The Drunk Guys Book Club. But people who are alcoholics or any sort of addict, if you you just kind of look at them like, dude, get your shit together. But there is something that happens to some people where it's not an issue of just like, hey, man, just like, you know, have a Sprite instead where they can't turn it off. And a lot of people are like, no, just have one and then be done. What's the problem with that? You know, and uh and he clearly falls into that category. It's the expression that they have is one is too many and a hundred is never enough. Yeah, it's it's clearly true for her. And also, I mean, I was trying to keep in mind, like, I, I only know all about this because I know some people who have been through 12-step programs. Not me. This would be really terrible for me to do this <laughs> podcast. But uh, Deep, I still have an I still haven't admitted I have a problem. <laughs> but the... Uh, He's not on step one. <laughs> on, the, on the prequel steps, I'm like the Phantom Menace step. We're like this is terrible, <laughs> but um, but there are people. I mean, people are like, "What's what's wrong? Why can't you just have one like a normal person?" And that's now or in the last few years where people are much more open minded. Like you know, the Mitch Hedberg joke: like alcoholism is a disease. It's the only disease you can get yelled at for having, <laughs> right? And um, right, he's like, "Damn it, you're an alcoholic," or "Damn it, you have lupus." It just doesn't work the same way. This was 40 years ago, or almost, you know, 35 years ago. In the no boonies one, of Scotland. Yeah, in the, in, where it was like, might as well have been 140 years ago in, in like social progressive kind of things. No one was going to have any sympathy or any empathy for an alcoholic and be like, oh, they're just, they really need support and it's a terrible thing and it's this lifelong issue. And it's so always, it's, it's like, a ah. culture of just everyone drinks all the time. Yeah, and even Suge says, like, because she's an alcoholic, says, why wasn't I enough for you? And that's oh, one yeah. of the reasons why he leaves her. Why wasn't I enough for you? Why do you have to do this? And she... I really wanted those warm beers that. instead. Ugh. So many warm beers. that She keeps, like, in a bag under the sink. Well, she hides it, which is typical addict behavior. You know, you don't want people to know what you're doing. So, you, hmm. so she has, like, hiding spots all around. Like, even just when she's drink clearly drunk... She still like holds the cup on the side of her chair, so you don't see it. You know, she's just pretending, and her whole thing is like keeping up appearances, right? She still has her hair did and wears all her her mink coat and her high heels when she's like can't even walk to go try and buy alcohol. She just wants to maintain the image that she is a classy bitch. At one point, she walks to a gas station and tries to pretend that she's a motorist whose car is broken down, and the guy is like, no, you're just an alcoholic. I can tell. <laughs> oh, yeah. She said, can I use your bathroom? And he's like, so, uh, you know, how long have you been uh, on the sauce? You know, like, <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? Like, Lady, come on. It's fucking, it's 9 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> it's obvious. It's Glasgow in yeah. 1986. Uh, so she gets worse in that. You know, because she doesn't have a job and she's an alcoholic. And you know what? You know what helps alcoholics? Uh, evil water. Uh, Help you know, is a it, loose loose term there. Oh, that's that's like the uh, you know like the loose translation from like you know uh, alcohol. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. 
That would that's that would be my fake child pregnant. This is Al Kohal. <laughs> um, this is uh, this is an alcoholic beverage. It's in a hard cider from Evil Twin, Evil Water, called. Oh fuck! I can't pronounce this. Hard Can, cider or hard seltzer? I meant to say seltzer. Sorry. Can you read that? You're no, it's not really us right. To read that, put it no, just like the camera. Uh, That's not where the camera is. <laughs> it is though. You can see yourself. Marshmallow. It says marshmallow. Red. Those are O's with a slash through them because it's a stupid fucking like Danish word. It's probably just rod, rod. Rod. It's like an O sound. It's close to marshmallow root grood medflud or something stupid like that. Yeah, those are words. Anyway, those are letters it is a, together, I guess. It's a, a pastry seltzer, but it's only four and a half percent. They're just using that term very flippantly. Pastry seltzer. Pastry seltzer with raspberry, rhubarb, strawberry, and marshmallow. Imagine there was like just a like you know, oh, a juice. So like this is, here's a flavored water, but it's flavored like a donut. It's so weird, but that's a thing now. I I am sorry. I thought you said imagine a Jew said and no. <laughs> Why I don't Why care. Do what Jews have strong feelings about donut water. <laughs> my sugar. Um, <laughs> powdered too, my sugar. Too on much it? sugar on it. This is delicious, and this is old as shit. This has been sitting in the fridge for like seven months. Seven old. I bought this at the start of quarantine. Ooh. I guess seltzer doesn't really go bad. Text exhibit A. Uh, it it is it is really good. It tastes like marshmallow. I really have no idea what rhubarb tastes like. No one knows what rhubarb tastes like. It only in exists in strawberry pie form when it's coated yeah, in strawberry I was, I was just thinking it tastes like strawberry. Yeah. And like oh wait, no, that's, no. that's the other part of the pie. <laughs> it's just there to cut the strawberry like as like a. You know, like like the uh, baby powder that's in cocaine. Yeah, it's just you know, <laughs> spread it out. It, rhubarb is like a it's like a root vegetable that no one it's, eats it's outside of basic, pie form. It's still basically no, it's still basically celery. It's so, red celery. Red it's communist celery. celery. Okay, <laughs> and you can't eat the leaves; they're poisonous. You know, why do we have this thing? Because uh, hipsters, nothing granola grows people. in northern New England or Canada. So, but you only put it in the worst. It's the worst Except part of a pie. I think the Puritans just ate this straight. <laughs> well, that was just to... That it would be a sin to have flavor. <laughs> I mean, this is really quite good. It's an interesting combination of things. It was, it's one of the... For a lot of these uh, seltzers, uh, there's like two types, I think. There's the ones that would work as a beer, and there's the ones that would never work. It's like, this would never be a good beer. You know, like, I can't imagine a beer like raspberry, strawberry, rhubarb, marshmallow, ale. That's just going to be a hot mess. Yeah. But it's a great thing That's for a seltzer. too much fruit for a beer. But it's too many, like non like they're not complimentary to beer unless it was a stout i guess i guess i guess they could work as a stout yeah hint hint evil twin <laughs> do this right, but so, bigger uh so then uh she falls off the wagon and the wagon leaves her behind it's never to be seen again yeah at, at one point she's basically you know because she's at home all day and literally if men come by with some food or some beer she will fuck them and everyone knows I'm forgetting a bunch of things, but... Uh, eventually, Leek moves out. She basically kicks Oh, yeah, they have, out. she has a fight, yeah. She, you've been papped. Which I don't know what that means. Yeah, papped was one. I was like, that's not even like just mispronouncing a real word. That's just a different word that you've created. But she kicks him out, and he tells Shuggy, like, look, you've got to take care of everything now. You're 12. You have to learn how to, you know, manage the money and not give it to mom because she'll just spend it on booze and you won't have food for the week. So you got to make sure she, you know, has food for the week every time and you got to do all this. And I was like, I'm a child. It's like, doesn't matter. Fuck you. You're the, you're the adult but, now. But, but also Shuggy's like, yeah, I've been doing that since I'm seven. 
I was expecting some better advice. <laughs> I, I just want to dance. But uh, yeah, so <laughs> it just ends up with the two of them on their own uh, and just horrific despair yet again. And it goes on for a while and he's, you know... He makes the, a friend. Uh, for one scene, you know? Well, he, the, he, has, he has like a friend, girl. the dude, but, the, but then he like, I'm going to go finger my girlfriend because we're 12. And he's like, yeah. That's later. On. That's when they move out of the, out of the pit. What do you mean, to Kier? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's when the tenement, right. He meets us. He, at one point, he hangs out with a girl who they live in the caravans. So I wasn't sure if they were actually like gypsies. But no, they're just even he, poorer than the kids in the projects. Right. And she's like, she defends him against the bullies. And, uh, and then uh, they play he hangs out with her. And they play with ponies. They play like My Little Ponies. And he steals two of them. And like, I mean, we'll get to the end. Like, I have some criticisms of the book. But this is one scene where I was like, where are we going here? Like, it feels like a lot of times things would happen. Like, oh, it's changing into this kind of a book. Like, oh, no, it's not. It's That's just a diversion. But ultimately, they, the mom's like, you know what? I just need to change another change of location. You know, like that one that was so successful when we got here. <laughs> I just need one more, and then it'll be great. We'll go do like a housing swap or something. And then they um, eventually get one, and they move into... A tenement. Like the city. Is it Edinburgh? No, no they're, they're still in Glasgow. They're still in Glasgow, but like in the city proper now. Yeah. And they're in like the third floor of a, a apartment tenement building thing. And uh, the mom's like, don't worry. Now I'm not going to be a drunk piece of shit. And to prove it, she throw, she dumps all the alcohol in their house before they move. And he's like, well, that's, that's the first time that's ever happened. Normally she's like, I'll stop as soon as I run out. And then they move. And then by noon, she's drunk already. Going around to introduce herself to all her neighbors, like, hi, I'm your new neighbor. And she's clearly drunk already, and it's noon. Yep. And on his first day of school, the kids already start calling him gay. It's like immediate. And the teacher is just like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Which, he, he doesn't care. He but wasn't as another, bad as the, uh, the gym teacher early on in the book. With the gym teacher, like, there's a thing. like The gym teacher thought when they outlawed hitting kids that he wouldn't be able to do this job anymore. Oh, yeah. But he understood what really motivated kids, and it's like shame and just do. Yeah, when uh, the other kid's going to fight him, he yells at the kid, like, don't hit girls. It's like, what did I tell you? <laughs> he, he punches he punches uh, Shogi, and he's like, never hit girls. And all the kids just fucking mock the boy, and that's the teacher. <laughs> so, But this other kid does actually t- help him out a little bit. Like, don't walk, don't walk like that. <laughs> oh, the brother told like, him that. Or, or this other kid, or he maybe told him, he's like, oh, why don't you comb your hair like this and wear your shirt like this a little bit? And I need a wingman. A little bit better. Yeah, he need, needs a wigman, goes to see this girl and this sister or another girl who lives Her friend. close by. Just and, another, but anyway, so rat. this friend who you only see in this one scene, he's like off with his girl. But uh, the friend is like, first of all, she's like, oh, your mom's an Elkie too? And she could just tell right away. Like, oh, okay. And she's actually lesbian. She's like, yeah, I'm not really interested in boys either. <laughs> but but you can are. feel my tits if you want. She does yeah, say but, that. But she point. was like, we could, we could be friends anyway, or we can pretend to be boyfriend, girlfriend. So people will think we're normal. We could be each other's um, beards. Yeah. But that doesn't go well. Eventually, there's this uh, scene where there really is no food in the house. And Shogun's like, well, there's no, I'm hungry. There's no food. And she's like, what? I don't, I don't care. 
like, and she's like, where's all the money? And she's like, I spent it all at the bingo <laughs> and bought myself this one thing. And it's like, but it's only Wednesday. We're not going to have any more money till Monday. And they have a big fight. And he eventually, this is where he gets the cab and goes across town too, because he has an idea where, where his brother lives, but then realizes that she's going to kill herself. Oh, she does try and kill herself. That's right. This is actually before Leek moves out. She tries to slit her wrist. But before she, she does, does it, she but Leek saves a giant her. bucket of custard. Well, no, there was a scene in like the middle of the book where she tried to kill herself. Yes, yeah. and she tries a few times throughout the course of the events. And she threatens it many other times to, to Big Shug, hmm. saying that she'll stab the boy and put her head in the oven because he left her. Like She's just not all right. Yeah, and so eventually he kind of gets out, but then comes back because Shug realizes, Shuggy realizes that if he doesn't, is that if he leaves his mom, that she will kill herself. So she goes back with her, and it's still, like, pretty awful. But then in the very sort of, like, last, second-to-last scene of the book, he uh, she's back from a bender, and she basically chokes and dies while sitting there. She Jimi Hendrix is. And then, kind of does. And then, uh, and then there's kind of, like, a funeral, and Big Shug doesn't go. And then the very final scene is little, little Shug... Um, and the girl, the lesbian girl, going with her mother because she's out on the street. She's out on the street, like, begging. She's this is the the. She's still only like fifteen, you know. She's also teenager, going to take care of her own mom out on the street, and then that's basically how it ends. And he's also in the in his like rental room with a character who uh, I, I liked in the beginning. They described the 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 owner of the flat. Is like a Pakistani Ebenezer Scrooge because they mentioned like <laughs> seven times that this person's Pakistani and how cheap they are, and it's clear like Shuggy is also like doing something with the men there. You know, like there's a part like oh this guy will this guy will give me a couple pounds if I talk to him or if I sit with him. You know, if I like, well, you know, it's never the, like the explicit. Opening of the first, the ending of the first chapter is he shows the old guy his dick, and then it yeah. moves back to a flashback and like. Okay, well, we're gonna see where this goes. Probably nowhere. So he's good. just and uh, spoiler, no, no, nowhere. <laughs> but he he is just terribly desperate and broken from the countless times he's molested, and he's like, that's just and and also, I mean, kind of, I, mean, I guess, seeing his mom whore herself for six packs of beer, like, man, that's that's rough. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's that's what you do, and then it ends. And this won the, the prize. It won, yeah, won the Booker. So I, because we just did Glass Castle, I couldn't help but think about what is, you know, compare this to Glass Castle. You can think of this as the Glasgow Castle. Oh. <laughs> kind of, yes. But also the Scottish, uh, fucking, what was that other one? Balmoral? The Irish one. Oh, Milk oh uh, Angela's Ashes. Oh. Uh, the, uh, yeah, the Scottish Angela's Ashes. Um, and, and where the crawdads sing, like we've read all. There's a yeah. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of these books, you know, whether yeah. they're memoirs or not. That it's like my childhood was fucked up, and or that like kind them. of. I guess probably just like that kind of character is a compelling main character. I will say I'm glad. I'm glad this book avoided the trope of him being a genius. You know, like that's right. Yeah, that's a big part of like they're always like, oh, they're so neglected, and oh, like. Kind of like the kid in All the Light We Cannot See. Like, oh, if you'd only been born somewhere else, what a life you would have had. He just wanted to be a hairstylist, which was maybe a sign that he was gay. 
again, like, it, <laughs> kind of like, wow, that's not... I just feel like if someone's like, oh, I'm writing a novel about a gay boy who wants to style hair and dance to Janet Jackson, I'm like, wow, well, you I, really don't know... I saw a picture of the dude who... A lot about gay this Douglas Stewart guy, and he's bald. So that part is probably <laughs> not real. <laughs> well, he probably wasn't bald as a child. Maybe. Maybe at birth. <laughs> Were you? <laughs> As a very, as a very, very baby, yes. <laughs> very baby. <laughs> so I couldn't help but, you know, this kind of like style of book, we've read a bunch of, and we just did Glass Castle. And the thing is about the Glass Castle and about Angela's Ashes is they're, I mean, they're memoirs and not novels. And they're all from the child's perspective and not from multiple persons' perspective. But those were funny. Like as much as they were both like heartbreaking and terrible and sort of like and you know really distressing they were also written in a way that made it funny or at least angela's ashes as i think i probably said on that episode it alternated between a story that was like really funny and a story that was really sad yeah but at least it had something in it that was funny and not just horribly depressing this had one funny line (laughs) when (laughs) there's one funny line where um colleen who is the the taxi guy's sister, like the whole bunch of shit. And she she's like shit talking Agnes in the street. And Agnes is just like they're both trying to get the last word. And she's basically I forget what the line before it is, where she's like, Oh, and your fucking cunt smells or whatever she says to her. And she's like, Is that the best you got? She's like, No, I fucked your man and it was shitty. And he had skid marks in his underwear that were an embarrassment. <laughs> and then she walks away. And you're like, whoa, that's pretty funny. In a terrible way, but good burn. Solid burn. Solid. <laughs> but it's burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. It's like a... Gabriel burn? <laughs> yeah, it's burn. <laughs> but yeah, there's nothing funny at all in the book. <laughs> Would you guys call this uh, despair porn? I really thought you were about to pull out a beer. <laughs> no. Would you call this? I, can't I found a despair porn. <laughs> well, I think I called it in glass cows, like poverty porn yeah, books. You know, we're like, like, oh, look at the Jesus. terrible child that people have. Aren't you glad you don't have that? Maybe if we hadn't read all those, or at least Glass Castle and a bunch of others, like right before we read this. I mean, I, I did. I like this book a lot. It was very good. I, I don't understand why it won the the prize for like best book. I don't. I yeah, obviously I didn't read anything else that was on the list, but. There's a type of book that wins the Booker usually. The the ones we've read here were what Milkman, Lincoln and the Bardo, Lincoln and the Bardo, Testaments, and even though we haven't done on the podcast the Sellout, those are all like very different kinds of books. I mean, we've Life also done Pi. Life of Pi, and we've also done you know a number of other ones. They're like weird or well. almost not experimental, but they're there's something like weird about them or like different enough. They're like this is something well, they're literary. Unique. Yeah, this was just like, it, I don't know, maybe I just had an expectation based on the ones that I have read, which is not very many out of the This is 70. kind of This is kind of the most normal one out of all these Booker winners that we've done. I think, first of all, it's rare for a comedy book to win. They're almost always very serious books that win the Booker. And there is a bit of like a, I don't want to say it's like a political thing, but like, Mm-hmm. focusing on poor people, focusing on terrible situations tend to be more like they're more likely to win. Like there are no, there aren't any happy winners. They're like the book about a lady who had a happy life does not win <laughs> the booker. They're always well, like, it's also not a very interesting book. True. 
but even if there is a but even books that have a happy ending like they're kind of like they're, they're, they're always like very bittersweet kind of things at best but i think there's also like a, a maybe there is a bit of a political thing that's go oh, this is a commentary on this time period and England that we thought was bad, or Scotland rather that we thought was bad. I don't know. I thought that, but that that I mean, it's kind of like how the Oscars, like you know, look at the kind of things that win those awards. Like every movie about the Holocaust. I wasn't going to say it, Nate. Picture. I was going to say it, or ones with with special needs people. There aren't that many of Except, those. Uh, Forrest Gump, uh, Sling Babe was nominated. I am Sam. Three Simple out Jack. of that many years, you know. Titanic, the guy did not clearly understand how many people could fit on a fucking door at the end of the movie. He was retarded. <laughs> he failed math. That's why you always take math. I think there's like a, a tone, like I, when you, you're like, oh, this is a serious book. I think that's a thing that I get from a lot of Booker winners. You know, like we've read, all, like, like, oh, this, this book is serious. Critics are going to like this book. I don't know how to quantify it. I don't know. Maybe you guys know what I'm talking uh, yeah, about. Yeah, I know. She, I, there's something, there's something. I don't know if it's serious though, because like Lincoln and the Bardo was not serious. It was it had serious elements, but it was goofy and weird. And Milkman was serious esque, but mostly just like, huh? You kind of just like there's there's a tone to it. There's always something like at least in the ones I've read, which is not many. You guys have probably read more than I have. That the like the what it's about or the way it's done is just like not a usual style or theme of a book. It's always something like. That was interesting. That was something I hadn't thought of before. Yeah, I think they're a little more off the beaten path. They're not just a straightforward tale. But this is less so. Yeah, this was very... This one is more normal. This was like Oprah's Book win? Club shit. Uh, Did the English Patient win it? We read that too, right? Yeah. I don't know if it and won. That was another one that was like all dreamy and weird. And like you're not really sure what's going on won. half the fucking time. It won time. something. Oh, no. The English Patient won the Booker of Bookers. Oh, right. But it, So it also won the Booker. So it's like... Yeah. The double Optimus Booker. Prime of Bookers. One one thing about the book that I kind of thought I thought the book was a little overly long, and I'd have no problem with a longer book, but I kind of like got the gist of a lot. I got it a lot faster than it, you know. He kept saying, he kind of kind of kept hammering the point home. Yeah, and there was a lot of like random backstory for characters that really didn't matter. Like, there's a whole chapter about Agnes's dad, and. He served in World War Two, or and then he came home, and then the wife had had another kid. I mean, yeah, it shows like they're all dysfunctional, but like I kind of got that just already. You know, I didn't need didn't need that fifteen pages there. I felt like it could have been trimmed down and been a lot, a lot tighter of a book. I don't know if you guys agreed. It was a little long. You know, when we when we read uh, Middlesex. What we said was, oh, yeah, there are all these parts that, you know, could have been cut out, but were all great. So it was awesome that, that he left them in. And this, we're kind of saying, you know, it, it did kind of remind me of Middlesex a bit, but this, this one we're kind of saying, you know, oh, well, those are extra stories. Yeah, he should have just cut them out. I know what you're saying, and I thought of that, too, because there's several, there are a lot of books like that we've read, like Cavalier and Clay, going way back to season one, where there's a lot of shit in there, like, that doesn't need to be there. And I guess it comes down to like if you really like the way it's written, you're willing to tolerate that. Yeah. So I guess that's a preference thing. Yeah, like Middlesex was long, but I didn't regret any of it. Whereas for this, I, I didn't I didn't dislike the book. I didn't find it a chore to read, but thought like this could be tighter. I don't know. It could have that's it could have point. lost a few scenes in the middle without losing any of the story. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, oh, she got drunk and did a shitty thing again. And yeah, you know, it was it was fine. It wasn't like 
overwhelmingly bloated, but I've read longer things that were better, and I've read shorter things that I felt could have used more. So it was, you know, it's just a... It's also just, you know, we've just read so many fucking I'm a poor, depressing child books. And it's just like, oh, God, I'm just, I've gotten the train run on me on these. I thought it's a well, I thought it was a well-written book, but I really didn't enjoy reading it at all. It was just kind of relentlessly depressing. (laughs) And probably because we've done a bunch of those recently and we're about to do another one for next week that I was like, ugh, are we? Tattooist of Auschwitz. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Fuck me. <laughs> Spoiler. Oh, good. Uh, well, at least that can't be as depressing as this, right? At least we know how that one ends. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I didn't enjoy reading it. And I really felt like, the, you know, what? as I was trying to get to a little bit before, you know, um, Glass Castle and Angela's Ashes, those were funny those were even though it was like gallows you know, humor. What was going on was like so crazy, and it was the sort of like story of a family that was like so dysfunctional and so fucked up that you almost couldn't believe it. But it was humorous, and it was written that way intentionally, not to like make fun of it, but it just in a way where you're just like, oh god, I can't believe that happened, but in kind of like a funny way. But this was just, ugh, god. Uh, over and over and over again. Well, maybe the author's intention is that there was no reprieve. I, I, I think, sure, yeah. I think that's probably true. And if this is really semi-autobiographical, I'm sure it probably kind of felt that way. But, but the question is, did I enjoy reading it? No, I didn't. Are you supposed to enjoy it? You know, it's kind of like... I mean, you can enjoy like, a book. I love Schindler's downer. List. Like, that sentence doesn't sound right. Well, even books that are incredibly depressing, you can, like, find really interesting and fascinating and feel for the characters, which I did. I totally fell for the characters in this. But just because it's really sad and depressing doesn't mean it's not a book I didn't really want to read. Whereas I just didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to keep reading, but I still read the whole thing in pretty much three days. So, yeah, yeah, I feel that it was it wasn't a slog, but it wasn't it wasn't a breeze to get through. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, uh, I have four hours left of this kind of thing. Maybe because I only finished it today, I have not processed it well. Because I know a moment ago I was like, it's too long, but I actually found it easy to read. No, it was I, it was easy. Like it wasn't like complex. It wasn't. I wasn't like struggling. But it was just kind of like, whew. I'm like, I'm not like, like, in, like, like, I don't want to compare everything to Middlesex, but Middlesex was really long, but you never got the sense that you were, I, I never wondered when the end was coming. Like, how much of this do I, I never thought, how much of this do I have to deal with? Well, that book was a lot more complicated in plot. Yeah. And you're like, where is this going? Whereas this book, I think we knew pretty early on where it was going. Yeah. You know, you just didn't know the finer points of how it was going to end, but you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be despairing and she's going to ruin her life and maybe his. Yeah. Which gets me my other question. Why is it called Shuggy Bane? It really is a story of Agnes. Like, she's at least as equal a character in this as he is, I felt like. There are many scenes where he's just not even there. Like, it doesn't focus on him. I guess because it starts kind of when when he comes to be. 
I mean, yeah, you could have called it anything. It is what it is. I just felt that was a little weird. It was like, she's, it says really like the story of his mom's alcoholism. It's not the story of him. And he does his best to endure it and function despite it. But he's, he's just there for the ride for the most part, you know? I just felt it was kind of weird calling it Shuggy Bane. Except maybe that's just a cool title. It could have been the bane of my existence. A bane in the ass. No pain, lots of bane. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> One thing that is different about this book, at least compared to both The Glass Castle and The Angela's Ashes, those were both about an alcoholic parent, a kid surviving in a family with an alcoholic parent. This is the one, because it's not a memoir, it's actually just a novel, where a lot of it was from that parent's perspective. And like, like Mike said, it could have been called Agnes because she's really the main character of the book. And it really is from her perspective about not being able to give up alcohol. And that kind of made it different. Yeah. And at least I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I personally have read anything like that before. Like the perspective of an alcoholic or a drug addict or something? Yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head that we've done. Yeah, Just our know. ramblings every week. <laughs> that is different. I mean, it, obviously, it's going to be different than Angela's Ashes and Glass Castle because this is not a memoir. It, as much as there may be a lot of autobiographical elements to it, this is a story, and he could take all sorts of license with it. But if you're into that kind of thing, if you're into despairing, look at how shitty things could be. Glass Castle or Angela's Ashes are much more enjoyable reads than this. I'd, I'd, I'd agree with Nate on that. He also shits his pants a lot in the book, by the way. <laughs> what? There's like five scenes where he shits his pants. I don't remember five. There was one where he, where he was going to go get the, like the, the dole. He was going yeah. to go bring the coupon to go get the money and, and the, from, the, from, the, from, from the unemployment office. Not unemployment office, but the, you know. The post office he has ass- to go to or something. Assistance office. And the woman is like, you're not Agnes. Why are you picking this up? It's like, I, I can't give it to you. And then he shits his pants. He's so scared. <laughs> he says, like, he, he, he leaves and he like squats on it and he finishes what the lady started. And then he turns his underwear inside out to scrape them clean. Cool. I guess, maybe there's also a lot of scenes where he's just constipated. Maybe I'm getting confused. He, uh, cool. he fakes sickness a lot to stay home because the kids beat him up for being gay. And because he has to wash he, his mom to make sure she doesn't but drink. He's, but he's at home. But he's actually he's at school baking, feeling sick, so he doesn't have to go back home. Oh, right. Is it both? He does both. Because he's out of school Probably a lot. Probably both. And they keep saying, you're not ever in school. And he's like, I got poops. Or no poops. <laughs> Though, staying home from school because you're constipated. That's a new one. Schrod- Schrodinger's dump. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, who should read the book? I mean, it's a good Poop book. Poop enthusiast, obviously. It, it, is, but... it is good. If we, I think if we had read it, like sometime outside of like this six months, maybe I would have been more okay with it. I mean, I was, I was okay with it. I don't want to say I didn't like it. I did like it, but I was just, just this genre is getting, it's wearing a little thin. It's a huge genre, man. People love these kind of books, whether they're memoirs or not. It's just so you can say, thank God it's not me. There, but for the grace of God. Yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think that's well, I think that's why people like it. They kind of, you know, it's so pop, it's so. I feel better about my Netflix not working today. Jeez. But it's so it's so easy and so common for people to just kind of blame their issues on their childhood. You know, like, not to say that that's not a valid thing for many people, but 
It's like, oh, if my parents had only cared more about my artwork, I'd be an artist. You know, like, it's just very easy to to do that. Yeah, I don't think that's in and this th- book at all, though. No, it's not in this book. Okay, but when you but when you read this kind of book, a lot of people will be like, oh, I guess I'm being kind of a cunt. And oh, that takes a lot a level of self awareness that most people might struggle with. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm being more generous than I should be. <laughs> but you know, I just know, like talking to my brother, who we had. You know, they're not dead, but we had alcoholic parents. And we're always like, man, they were fucked up. Well, how did that thing happen? That was crazy. And then like, you read this book, you're like, they were fucking great. <laughs> man, I got diddled by exactly zero taxi cab drivers. Yeah. Life was swell. Um, Everything's relative. I think that's, I mean, that's what I get out of these kind of books. And, but after a while, I'm like, I get it. It's fucked up. Except I don't in need to- Alabama, where everyone's relative. God damn it. Uh, I heard a terrible dad joke. Uh, Jimmy, did you know that French fries weren't first made in France? They were made in Greece. I had heard that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I read. I mean, if you're into. It's a great book. It's a really well written book. It is just relentless and. Don't read it. Don't speed read it like I, we did. I, I don't know what you get. At the end of it, I mean, I, I, I found when I was trying to read it more quickly, I was like, oh, I kind of want to slow down and enjoy this. But at the end of it, it's just kind of like, yeah, that was a dis- despairing adventure. And I'm not upset that I went on it. But I don't know if I'd, I, I don't know if I'd like run off and, and recommend this to anybody. This was one I, I actually, I didn't take a lot of notes on. Like normally when we do these, I like take notes just for, usually just so I can remember the fucking plot well enough to discuss it. But... I realized like a third of the way in, like I didn't really need to take a lot of notes because the minor details didn't really matter that much individually. It was just a, it was like one after another of just some other depressing thing that the order of them wasn't important. The finer details didn't matter too much. It was just like one after another, just a train of sadness. Is that a band name? (laughs) It should be. Tell us what you thought. Send us an email to drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. And if you want to be really cool, head over to patreon.com slash DrunkGuysBookClub. Help support the podcast. You can get all sorts of cool stuff, like shout out on the podcast. Not today, but other times. And uh, follow along with tons of exclusive content and get early access to our episodes and so much more that I can't even say it all right now. So you'll just have to go there and check it out. And if you don't want to do that, or in addition to that, if you're feeling it's exceptionally generous you can give us a review wherever you're listening though it'll probably be online whatever way you do it give us five stars or whatever units of measurement that your application grants and check out the hopped up network a network of independent beer podcasters and thanks for listening thanks for listening